Fact. The most dangerous creature of the sea is not the great white shark or the killer whale. It is the giant octopus. Fact. It may weigh almost eight tons, with tentacles in excess of 100 feet. Fact. Octopi will attack humans, and the results are usually fatal. American International presents Tentacles, starring John Huston, Shelley Winters, Bo Hopkins, Claude Akins, and Henry Fonda. Tentacles, the most gripping suspense you will ever experience. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Radiodrome. Guys, did you ever think that Radiodrome would have ripoffs, or do you think ripoff exploitation is just something that happens in TV and movies? Oh, God, there's a bunch of podcasts I was going to list as being ripoffs, but I don't want to be rude. What about you, Cecil? Uh, I like to rip myself off all the time. Well, then do the damn Adam and Eve promo, you ripoff son of a bitch. You can go to adamandeve.com and use the promo code DROME to get 50% off a single item, free shipping within the U.S., three free DVDs, and a free mystery gift. And I actually had someone ask me, the three free DVDs, do they get to pick those three, or are they no. three random? Okay. They're, they're three random ones. So in essence, you're kind of getting four mystery gifts. Kinda. But you know that three of them are DVDs. Right. And, hey, maybe the fourth one might be a DVD. Absolutely. Yeah, but that would be kind of redundant then, wouldn't it? Tonight we're going to be talking about rip-off exploitation. The reason I made that joke at the beginning about Radiodrome, I don't think there's any Radiodrome rip-offs out there. I did notice there's one called Audiodrome and another one called Podcast Drome, and I'm just going, okay, I'm not going to go rip-off, but influenced at least? I think it's probably just a coincidence. It's such a, I mean, the, the name that we got, well, or should I say you got, I came on long after the fact. Well, and Brad, Brad came and, up with the name for this particular show, but there was, but a, it was the, taken from, you know, Videodrome, the movie. Well, even before that, there's a Japanese rock band called Radiodrome that was prior to that. And a Radiodrome is a term used in, in actual radio stations. So it was hardly an original phrase, even when Brad came up with it. So I'm, I'm just saying, I thought that was kind of funny. Since we're going to be talking about ripoff exploitation, that brings up my first question. Do you think a ripoff? Now, I, I want to differentiate between ripoff and plagiarism, okay? When you're copying a movie straight out, I consider that plagiarism. Whereas if you're influenced, I think that falls into ripoff exploitation. Where do you think the line is drawn between plagiarism and ripoff exploitation? All right, when you copy something verbatim, you know, in the style of Shia LaBeouf, for instance, that's just outright or plagiarism. Or Reservoir Dogs. But when you're making something that's in the same style to cash in on a trend, that's ripoff. Like slasher movies are all technically ripoffs of other slasher movies because they're cashing in on a trend. They're cashing in on what one other movie found successful. Yeah, like Alex said, if you are a slasher movie, just so happens that both slasher movies, Killer is wearing a mask. Now, in the one, he's wearing a hockey mask, and in the other, he's wearing a clown mask. Well, if, if that is where the similarities end, then it's not, you know, then it's then it's a ripoff, but it's not 
a ripoff that is just blatantly stealing. But when you have two things that are so similar as far as the story goes, like, okay, killer was uh, molested as a kid and grew up to be a killer or, I mean, something like that, then that's when you start to get into, okay, they just basically took the idea, changed just enough of it to not get sued, and then threw it out there. Well, what do you think happened with, like, Halloween and Halloween 2, the Rob Zombie remakes, where it was basically Michael Myers has Jason's essential backstory. I mean, come on, like, like you watch those and you tell me he didn't think he was making a Friday the 13th movie, especially the second one with the spectral mommy telling him to do it. I, is that just he was influenced or was he kind of ripping off Friday the 13th just with a different franchise? It's it's tough. I mean, because it is um, the the thing is. Something like Friday the 13th, at this point, it's so ingrained. It's been around for, for so long that uh, a lot of times you, you'll see something and you'll automatically just gravitate towards, oh, that's like Friday the 13th. I don't know. I, I honestly, um, <laughs> I haven't watched all of the second one, so uh, I can't say how how much uh, you know it looks like it. I, I don't know. I mean, it would be interesting if that was kind of his mindset. I'm not saying that it would be right, but it would be kind of interesting to be like, OK, I'm going to do a Halloween movie, but borrow elements from Friday the 13th. I mean, who knows? I mean, he he said he was a, I mean, he is a major fan of the original series, which is why he wanted to remake it. I always thought that was I, odd. I, I, I thought he made two movies that were basically effigies to be burned. If he was a fan, he screwed up hardcore, but fine. No, nowhere near the quality of the John Carpenter ones. But I thought it was interesting to see kind of his take on it. I, I don't know. I, I don't really think I don't really think he was as far as from the first one. I don't think he was ripping off Friday the 13th. Halloween 2, I don't think he was consciously ripping off Friday the 13th. I think that but just it, happened it, to have it, those similarities. Yeah, I, but I was going to say, you I, did see the same stuff I saw, that there are so many similarities, it almost makes you go, this cannot be a coincidence. There are, but, you know, he likes to put his wife in every movie, and he's like, oh, well, I, I she's dead, so how am I going to get, oh, I'll make a ghost mom. That way I can stuff moon girl at you. You know, that's like that was his way of shoehorning her in. I don't think he was consciously ripping off Friday the 13th. It's just a huge similarity, but I don't think it was a conscious ripoff. Well, now, where does the line get drawn, though? Let's look at someone like Bruno Matai. You look at Robo War. Robo War is Predator, just with worse production value and a robot instead of an alien. It hits all of the same beats has a lot of the same dialogue, the characters are the same types, it goes to all the same places. Is RoboWar a ripoff or straight-out plagiarism? It is a ripoff. I mean, yeah, there's similarities, but there's none of the same characters, none of the same story, none of the same story elements at all. I mean, RoboWar has little in common with those movies other than a few similarities like saying, oh, there's an alien in it. Well, no, it's got the scene they were firing in all directions. It's got the scene where he, Reb Brown in RoboWar throws the knife into the guy's chest and makes the one-liner. It's got the scene where he shoots the guy in the chest while reading papers and flies through the wall. It's got the scene where they're, they're being targeted. It's got the explosion at the end. It's got so many specific elements from Predator that you just go, did they just change enough that Fox wouldn't sue him? Well, it's, it's called RoboWar. 
It's not really helping your argument. Yeah, I know. Um, it's not <laughs> plagiarism, though. I mean, it's got a lot of similarities, and it's greatly inspired. It's a blatant ripoff, but it's trying to be a ripoff of Terminator, but it ends up being a ripoff of Predator. There is a movie that came out a few years ago called Flesh Wounds that had uh, Kevin Sorbo and uh, Bokeem Woodbine in it. You want to talk about a ripoff potentially borderlining on plagiarism of Predator. And I mean, it has it. Only difference is that it's not an alien. It is, if memory serves, it was either a cyborg or it was a robot. But it could go invisible. It shot lasers and it was hunting these group of this group of military people that were out there trying to kill it. And it's it's terrible, (laughs) but it's so much uh, a ripoff. And uh, like I said, borderline plagiarism for something like Robo War. Same thing. It's it's kind of tough because, yeah, there are a lot of similarities. And I think just for me in particular, I am a lot more forgiving of these little tiny budget productions that will take a larger production and do a smaller scale version of it than I am of how many, you know, hundred million dollar productions are just complete ripoffs of something else. I mean, Oz the Great and Powerful, Sam Raimi ripped off his own movie. He did Army of Darkness for crying out loud. To stay in that vein, obviously the movie's not out yet, so we haven't seen it. But just judging by the trailer for Transcendence, it's Lawnmower Man 2. I mean, it even it hits the same beats in the trailer, even has the same line of dialogue about how he's a god now once he moves into cyberspace. I even played the trailers side by side on Facebook. I put them both. The trailers are even cut the same. Is that a ripoff or did like Johnny Depp not know he was in an unofficial remake of Lawnmower Man 2? That's one where I I, I mean, it, it could just come off like that. It's one where we're going to have to see the full movie to really get, you know, get the full picture. But I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, because uh, Lawnmower Man 2 had a really good story, but they obviously didn't have the money to pull off what they wanted to do. And I could see some studio head being like, hey, let's retool this and, and put Johnny Depp in it and make a, you know, $100 million. I think it's one of those things where they're like, oh, nobody's going to notice. Let's let's just totally re- rip off this story. Because yeah, still again, nerds like us would never notice that, right? Yeah. Well, I don't think their target audience is going to notice it. And the other thing is, is that they have – um. It's a cyberspace movie, and that's not a story about cyberspace that's unique to Lawnmower Man 2. No, but the fact that it hits all the same beats is why I immediately, upon seeing the trailer for the first time, I just kept thinking, why isn't Matt Frewer in the Johnny Depp role? Well, just a quick thing. It's not like film executives understand the internet at all. So, of course, they're not going to think that anyone will recognize this. Oh, this was a movie from, what What was it? 1990. 19- Two? 1992? Yeah. No, nobody's going to remember this movie. Hey, there's this internet, you know, group of people that really know this kind of stuff and are really rabid about it. What? Internet? People? No, make it. Well, and then this is something I know, Alex and Cecil, you guys are both going to probably be on the opposite side of me on. What about the Mockbusters? What about the Asylum? Because I'm just going to go through a quick short list here. Some of their more blatant ones, before we get into a discussion of it here. You got Pacific Rim to Atlantic Rim, Paranormal Activity to Paranormal Entity, Transformers to Transmorphers, Snakes on a Plane, Snakes on a Train, Brave the Brave, Thor, Almighty Thor, 
the day the earth stood still, the day the earth stopped, the princess and the frog, the frog prince, Hansel and Gretel, witch hunters, Hansel and Gretel, the Da Vinci Code, the Da Vinci Treasure, Battle LA, Battle of Los Angeles, Happy Feet, Happy Toes, Alien vs. Predator, Alien vs. Hunter, Battleship, American Battleship, Iron Man, Metal Man, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, Abraham Lincoln vs. Zombies, 2012-2012 Supernova, High School Musical, Sunday School Musical, When a Stranger Calls, When a Killer Calls, Jack the Giant Slayer, Jack the Giant Killer. Is that not basically saying, F*** you, we're just gonna take your movie and do it on a shittier budget and hammer it out and we don't care? Should you be proud of making your entire back catalog ripoffs? Is that something to aspire to? Okay, first of all, not all the ones you mentioned were from the Asylum. I'll let that slide. But that's what they do. They did that. They ripped off a movie. And what started it was doing the War of the Worlds, translating the public domain book at the same time that the other one was coming out. And they found a market and they've made money at it. And a lot of their movies are actually pretty fun. They they acknowledge that it's a ripoff. It's not plagiarism. It's a ripoff. And it's acknowledged. And everybody knows it's a ripoff. You, you rarely get that person that happens to go, man, I thought it was the real movie. Rarely but do you then, get that. But, but it's acknowledged that it's a ripoff and people are into it. So they keep at it because they're making money. They're entertaining people with their ripoffs. By the way, they have Android Cop out right now. The thing is, with the Mockbusters, they might have the names that are very similar, but the stories are pretty much completely different. And a lot of times, they're the most ludicrous things as possible because they've discovered that that's usually what the audience is really enjoying. They want something to be absolutely ridiculous and just goofy and fun and lots of bad special effects. And so in their case, I think really uh, the Mockbusters have kind of become their own thing because really, like I said, they're just taking the name, slightly altering it and making their own movie, like how porn used to do before they got into the whole this ain't Star Trek, triple X, whatever. You know, they were going with this. They're just, all right, well, let's do, um, you know, uh, American warships instead of battleship. And honestly, like Alex said, a lot of them, they've become they've they're fun. They're 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 dumb. They're entertaining. And they kind of remind me of like the old creature feature films. I don't fault them for finding a niche and going with it. And to be fair, they're making these movies and they're cranking them out and they're costing very little money. And how many I, I would honestly give more credence to the asylum for making mockbusters than for these hundred, two hundred million dollar productions of you know reboots and remakes of everything of unnecessary films. They're dumping tons of money into stuff that doesn't need to happen. These guys are just making enough to make themselves a very handsome living on a very small scale. I guess my follow-up would be, what changed? Because back in the late seventies, when you had Italian exploitation really taking over, and you had all the knockoffs of Alien and Road Warrior and and Star Wars and, and Close Encounters and The Exorcist and all that. You had all this stuff coming out of Italy. These were seen as bargain basement. These were seen as no respectable person would like these. Even the people making them were like, oh, God, I can't believe I'm in a Jaws ripoff. What changed? What changed between the late 70s, early 80s Italian exploitation 
to this mockbuster thing. Why do now they get the respect that you guys give them where, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouths, if you two had been critics back then, you probably would have been like, oh my God, this is such a blatant Jaws ripoff. This is awful. What happened to criticism when it comes to these kind of things in the decades between them? I guess the market changed. I mean, because there's so much more out there. I mean, if you remember back in the 80s when uh, Full Moon made its rise, they were just the, the market was just starving for content. And so they were making movies as quickly as possible. But now that you've got, you know, people that are making stuff digitally, uh, you've got the big budget studios that are making monstrous films. And then you've got the smaller studios that are making indie productions. Then you have the asylum that's making stuff. And then you have little independent, tiny people that are putting stuff up on Kickstarter and are getting a $20,000 movie out the door. So it's just that there's so much out there that I think that that's kind of uh, the thing, is everybody is seeing just tons of content, and it just is kind of changing uh, everyone's perception. But then why is that more accepted now? Because this stuff was cranked out pretty good by the Italians. In, in the first year after Jaws came out, there were six Jaws ripoffs, all from Italy. Star Wars was similar. Alien was similar. They were cranking them out at the same rate then. Yet now people constantly give a break to the asylum when they would look at Avidio Asantis and go, my God, he is just a shameless snake oil salesman. Whereas the asylum is like, but they're making fun movies, man. Well, Asantis made fun movies too and was vilified for it. So my question to you is what changed, not with the films themselves, with the acceptance of them. People are less stuck up. <laughs> People are, are kind of, back then, I guess, uh, was more maybe a snobbishness. You know, it was like, oh, uh, you know, uh, well, this isn't this movie, so I'm not going to watch it. Whereas now, I think people are a little bit more accepting. You know, they're, you know they just want to sit down and, and watch something silly. I mean, there wasn't really the concept of something that was so bad it was good back then. I mean, back then, Plan 9 would come out, and people were just, this is a horrible movie, and no one would watch Plan it. Plan 9 didn't get its reputation until it started making syndicated rounds in the late 70s mm -hmm. on syndicated but, TV. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, that's a movie that you know was pretty much forgotten up until you know decades after the fact and when it started kind of popping back up. And then, you know, so I think it's just simply that for lack of a better description, people are just a little bit more forgiving now. They they don't always want what the major studio is going to give you, so they're looking for something, I don't know, a little lower budget and silly. I think a big change is, first of all, with the movies that Hollywood puts out, is that they weren't as bad back then in the 70s. Nowadays, you have more movies that are just deserving of ripoff and parody. People know what an Asylum film is going into it. The Italian films and ripoffs back in the day, they tried to present themselves. People were like, hey, this is going to be really good like Jaws is. Nowadays with the ripoffs, people know this is going to suck. So they go to it expecting so bad it's good. Fair enough. I don't necessarily, I don't agree with your side, but I, I understand where you're coming from with that. I just don't agree with it. It's now, developed a niche audience because it knows what its audience is. I don't know. I never saw some of these as ripoffs. I found on IFC.com a list of the 10 Hollywood ripoffs that are awesome anyway. They say Go is a ripoff of Pulp Fiction. Uh, I don't really see it other than a little bit of the style. You can no see way. Go being inspired by Pulp Fiction, but a ripoff? No. 
yeah, the structure I could see in the it's way it's a totally they... different story. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's a totally different story, and it's not. It, I mean, it mostly revolves around just the one person. It revolves around Sarah Polly for the most part. But yeah, no, it, it's it's a completely different thing. The next one, I'm skipping a couple because there's some that don't require discussion. Fast and the Furious ripping off Point Break. Again, structurally, I can see a little bit of it, but again, the story's totally different. I don't think Fast and the Furious, just judging the first film, is really a Point Break ripoff. Or am I wrong? It's like saying Alien was just a shameless ripoff of Jaws. Yeah, how, how many... Uh, how many movies have there been where there's an undercover cop who goes into a certain group and gains their trust? I mean, you could say that about a hundred movies. So no, it's it's just it's it's a story that happens to be similar to a whole bunch of other movies. Now this next one, I'll give them Torque. Yeah, that's a ripoff of Fast and the Furious, which by the logic of IFC is also that a ripoff of Point Break, right? The, the motorcycle movie? Yeah. <laughs> wow, they were grasping at straws there trying to find ripoffs. They've got Gamera as a ripoff of Godzilla. All right, that one's got a little credibility to it. Yeah. I'll, a I'll, lot I'll... of credibility. It is <laughs> yeah, I was being trying. I was trying to be fair, Alex, but fine. It doesn't mean that Gamera is not freaking awesome. And then we've got Galaxy Quest being a ripoff of the Three Amigos. Again... Well, I thought you were going to say Galaxy Quest being a ripoff of Star Trek. No, Galaxy <laughs> Quest is a parody of Star Trek. That's a huge, huge difference being a parody and not a ripoff. Yeah, but given how um this list has been going... But no, I mean, Galaxy Quest, structurally, the very premise is similar to Three Amigos. That's about it. They've got Doomsday ripped off from Escape from New York. Okay, again, a little bit. Again, I'm going to say not necessarily a ripoff. As this, There's a difference between ripoff and inspiration to me. This one I know you will not fight, Alex, is A Fistful of Dollars from Yojimbo. That wasn't a ripoff. That was plagiarism. Sergio Leone was sued and lost because it was, it was and it was, he acknowledged, yeah, I stole your whole movie, like verbatim, and I'm sorry. Well, and then, you know, the reason I'm not bringing up Avatar is because that was straight-out plagiarism from multiple sources, including the Na'vi are absolutely the same as the old epic comic Time Spirits about blue cat-like creatures that look exactly the same with hair that plugs into the trees that are a, a basic, you know, Native Americans are good and the white man is evil story. To me, that's plagiarism. That's not a ripoff. There's a difference when it comes to, to that for me. What about when you have a movie that is straight out a throwback, an homage, an admitted homage? Does that forgive ripoffness? So for instance, I love Raiders of the Lost Ark. I know you guys do too. But it's the same film as 1954's Secret of the Incas with Charlton Heston. From the look, the style, the set pieces, the lighting, the story... I, believe it or not, have not seen, so I can't say one way or the other. Well, what about then when you do get into unintentional plagiarism, and I'm putting unintentional in quotes, the island and parts the clonus horror? There's enough differences that they were able to successfully argue in court that they did not plagiarize it, but to me, that's plagiarism. To you, is the island plagiarism of parts the clonus horror or a ripoff of it? 
I I am right on the line because it's like like you said it's just different enough but it does seem like I mean Bay I wouldn't put it past him to be like ah this is a garbage movie that nobody's ever heard of uh, you know I'm going to take this idea and we're going to you know make a big explodey film out of it and his best film to be honest oh that's that's the thing I like the island a lot. So do and I. Falls a little it, bit apart a little bit in the final third, but it's it's a gr- really good movie. It is, and it's one of those cases where it shows that he can really make a good movie with you know with all the action and explosions and all that stuff, but still make an interesting story and get you intrigued. It's just that you know when he started doing the Transformers, I think is when his ego took over more, and it just became these just making rubbish but yeah the island it is a good movie and i personally think the rock is his best movie but that's just me rock's but, a good one but i gotta go island maybe closely followed by pain and game you know uh, i still gotta see pain and game but i have heard a lot of really good things about it but but anyway back on on topic it's it's tough like i i don't know i mean and, and the courts said that it wasn't so, just barely just barely but so that that's the thing i mean there are a ton of similarities but eh, it it's 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 tough that's a, that is a tough one i'm going to like i said i'm right on the line i actually thought it was a remake for a long time it's that much of a uh, similarity i mean it's still a fun movie it felt to me like a remake where it's one of those instances where we're going to remake the movie but then we're going to add all this awesome stuff to it because that's exactly what they did well, see, I'm not so sure. I mean, uh, l- let's say Michael Bay is not lying with this, okay? He had never heard of Parts the Clonus Horror when he made this. The the screenplay, this is a screenplay he bought. So maybe the screenplay was a straight-out ripoff. He basically had the attitude of, what the hell is going on with this lawsuit? This little film I've never heard of is claiming I ripped it off? I've never seen your stupid movie. Well, maybe the the, the so writer. It, it, yeah, the if you believe if Michael Bay is not bullshitting, then I don't think he tried to make a ripoff. It just turned out like that. Does that make sense? I think maybe the writer stole it. Yeah, that, that, that's what I mean. You know, because it's such an obscure fucking movie. I don't think anybody you know really picked up on it. Well, so. Mystery Science Theater 3000 did it, so that kind of knocked it out of obscurity. Yeah, I don't think Michael Bay's a fan of that show. I don't think he's one of the people that would have watched it all during its run, especially at the end during sci-fi era. I don't think Michael Bay watched that. What about then when you have the simultaneous film, K-9, Turner and Hooch, Volcano, Dante's Peak, Armageddon, Deep Impact, Ants, A Bug's Life, when you have two differing studios that make essentially the same movie and released them at the same time is one ripping off the other. Did one of them just say, Hey, that's a great idea. Let's make our own version. Where does that fall in rip off exploitation? A lot of times those are just similarities. Like with ants and a bug's life, both companies have acknowledged that's a similarity because of how long it takes to make a CGI movie that there's no way somebody could have just rushed one out to beat a deadline and volcano and Dante's peak. Same thing. I mean, they came out way too similar, and one has a significantly bigger budget than the other. Deep Impact, Armageddon, same thing. They have. Yeah, but see, those were both still. Armageddon and Deep Impact were still cashing in on the disaster hype that was started with Dante's Peak around that time. No, they were chasing after the natural disaster thing that exploded with Twister. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. Twister. You got Twister, then you had Dante's Peak and Volcano, which I think were both just two completely different Twister ripoffs. Because after then, after that, you had Deep Impact and Armageddon, and then God, all of the cable movies like Atomic Twister and things like that. K9 and Turner and Hooch. Yeah, that one I don't think it's a ripoff because you've got like fucking 800 movies a year about years about fucking dogs, dog cops, and everything. Well, what what happens is. One studio will decide to greenlight a production, say The Abyss, and the other studios will hear about this and they'll be like, "Okay, uh, this studio is putting out a really huge budget underwater movie. So we need to uh, we need to look at the scripts that we have that are similar. Ride the wave, no pun intended. Yeah, to try to ride the wave and get ours out. A lot of times they'll try to get theirs out before that so they'll fast track it so in the case of the abyss they were like all right well let's put out leviathan which leviathan was freaking awesome and leviathan then was alien underwater even the writer david peoples admitted it's basically alien underwater it's basically so alien that underwater. itself is, is a ripoff of not just the abyss thing but of alien as well but it's like they greenlit it because of the abyss they were looking for an underwater movie to capitalize on the success of this other one and then case in point you've got deep star six which they were like okay well we want to do another you know uh underwater movie but we're going to do it on a budget that's even lower than leviathan and that's a case where all three movies i enjoy all of them to different degrees actually what which one oh uh, i missed uh, endless descent and endless descent was even lower no, Roger Corman, Lords of the Deep, with oh, Patricia Lords Barnes. That yes. came out. That came out in the same year to specifically capitalize on the Abyss. I don't know if Endless Descent or Lords of the Deep would be the cheaper of them. I really don't know which one. No pun intended. Bottomed out there. Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, probably probably Lords of the Deep because it's Corman. Yeah, because it's Corman. I mean, Endless Descent actually. They had a fairly decent amount of, I mean, it wasn't a huge budget, but they had some good production in there towards the end, and it got really gory. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's just there's always going to be that. Uh, I mean, think of um, the Truman Show and Ed TV. There, there's going to be this movie gets greenlit, and all right, we need to get ours out as quickly as possible. Uh, and the Hercules. Truman Show itself, the Truman Show itself was plagiarism of a Twilight Zone episode called Special Service. So, and, and there was a lawsuit over that as well, because <sighs> there was this Twilight Zone episode in 1989 about a guy who everything in his life was secretly on TV, and he was the only person that didn't know about it, and it was a number one hit. I mean, it, well, he wasn't raised from birth. The guy that brings the water to his office building is the guy that starts to tip him off on what's going on. Does this sound like just like a really short 22-minute version of, with some changes, the f***ing Truman Show? But again... It's Hollywood shamelessly ripping off itself. Yeah, well, there's also a Paul Bartel movie called The Secret Cinema, which is the exact same story as The Truman Show. Yeah, it's hardly original to begin with. But both The Truman Show and Ed TV were satirizing the huge burst of reality TV at the time. And if you're going to go with reality TV, I mean, that's like the obvious go-to for a satirical setup. Wasn't it more original when Twilight Zone did it at 89 then? Yeah, I'm kind of snobbish for saying that, but am I am I wrong? No. Okay, now, what about when you have rip-off exploitation of a genre, just clear influence, such as one of my favorite 
subgenres of exploitation films, especially from the Italians, but the Americans had their share as well. Glan and Globus, Israeli on Glan and Globus, but they're technically American company. Where you had, after Raiders of the Lost Ark hit, within the first three years of Raiders of the Lost Ark, you had Jungle Raiders, Ark of the Sun God, Hunters of the Golden Cobra, which is actually a sequel to Ark of the Sun God, King Solomon's Mines, Firewalker, and Treasure of the Moon Goddess all come out, and I'm sure I missed a bunch of those in there that that I forgot about. Is that rip-off exploitation, or is that just, holy crap, this is hot, and it, we need one in that vein, like what Cecil said about The Abyss? It's Hollywood following trends. The superhero thing going on right now. Uh, we had X-Men years back that was just huge, and then after that, it's like, all right, well, we have to take everything and make it into a movie. I'm not really against that because I think that uh, there's been some really awesome movies that have come out of that. And I do enjoy it when uh, there's a, a wave of stuff that I like that uh, is, is constantly churning out new films. I kind of wish that the post-apocalyptic genre make a little bit of resurgence outside of stuff like Oblivion. But We're going to um, be talking about post-apocalyptic in a minute, so d don't jump ahead. Ooh, I was not aware of that. So, yeah, I think that it's it's cool when it happens and it, it brings a lot of similar movies. I mean, that happened with the uh, the Westerns back uh, after Unforgiven won for what best picture. I mean, how you know, we had the Quick of the Dead. We had a whole bunch of Western movies where there was no Westerns there for the longest time. Uh, it's kind of ripping off itself. But I mean, it's I guess it's just they're like I said, they're following the trend and just going with what's hot. Yeah, it's not really ripoff. It's just going with the trend, as we discussed also earlier with the disaster movies. I mean, you had that first in the 70s with Irwin Allen kicking it off with, like, the Poseidon Adventure, for instance, which itself was just cashing in off of Airport. And then again with Twister and the natural disaster movies. Hollywood is quick to jump on these trends. But is it so and much that Hollywood? A... Because when you look at, like, Jungle Raiders, that's canon. Ark of the Sun God and Hunters of the Golden Cobra... Those are Italian. King Solomon's Mines and Firewalker are canon. Treasure of the Moon Goddess is Corman, I think. I think Corman. I might be wrong on that. The, the, this wasn't Hollywood jumping on this trend. This was sub-Hollywood jumping on this trend. Sub-Hollywood has always existed and jumped on the same trends. Like made-for-TV movies. Like all of the cable disaster movies that came out. Before we go into the post-apocalyptic things, I've got another list that I don't necessarily agree with I want to talk about. What about the the different movies that kicked off their own rip-off subgenres? You know, you've had Star Wars, obviously, just brilliant films like Star Odyssey, Star Crash, which I just love the hell out of, the zombie craze after Dawn of the Dead. You had zombie and contamination and, and uh, City of the Living Dead and Gates of Hell and all this. The Exorcist had a ton. I mean, Christ, I didn't even remember that there were three Beyond the Door sequels alone. And then you've got you got the Co Conan kicked them off where you've got Conquest and Ator and Yor. And Ator had, what, four or five movies? You had the Barbarians and Deathstalker. You had these, these strange subgenres that only lasted two or three years. And then you had the big one, Jaws. There's Jaws ripoffs have never stopped. What do you guys think about Jaws exploitation? I like a lot of the, the bad Jaws knockoff movies. The Last Shark and what was it? Meg, Meg, no, not Megalodon. Well, there was the book Meg that was based on the, the giant shark that they're still making into a movie. 
but yeah, no, Meg, uh, Meg, the book is, is awesome. And I was actually really excited because they were making a movie. They had like some production art and everything. And then it got sidetracked because of some other stupid movie. And I totally don't remember because this is going back a few years. I, I don't know. The, the shark movies I've always enjoyed, like Deep Blue Sea and whatnot. And I, I mean, they're they're rip like movies like The Last Shark are absolutely ripoffs of Jaws. But the, then the, you the have Last a, Shark or in America, we would have gotten it as Great White. That was actually such a ripoff. It was one of the few times that the major studio was able to sue and successfully get the release blocked in the English-speaking world. Great White slash The Last Shark was never officially released in the English-speaking world because it was such a blatant shot-for-shot ripoff to the point of plagiarism, as proved in court, of Jaws. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, though. Yeah, they they shamelessly stole that one so but it's it is a corny movie it is a really it's like if jaws was done by a bunch of friends on like five dollars and some some shark stock footage and surprisingly enough vic mara was only slightly more sober than robert shaw was i think that uh too many movies do get labeled as a ripoff when really it's just they're sharing a similarity like jaws and deep blue sea they both have sharks, but they're completely different movies. I, I kind of dig some of the knockoff you know, shark movies. My favorite of those is one that is called a Jaws ripoff and isn't at all. And that would be Tentacles, the 1977 Avadio Asantis movie with John Huston and Shelley Winters and Peter Fonda. Or no, Henry Fonda. Yeah, that's right. Henry Fonda and Sheriff Lobo and Bo Hopkins. I think Tentacles is actually a really well-made movie, and the only thing it has in common with Jaws is Creature from the Sea terrorizing Coastal Town. Everything else is different, yet you go and find any review online. Shameless Jaws ripoff. Well, they called Grizzly a ripoff of Jaws. Grizzly kind of was. Snow Beast was a ripoff of Jaws. Yes, except nothing happened in Snow Beast. Oh, yeah, Orca always being called a, a ripoff of Jaws, even though it came out like a year before. Everyone, in retrospect, considers it a ripoff. Also, mm-hmm. the plot has nothing similar other than the aquatic creature angle. I love shark movies. I mean, every single shark movie I totally love. I, I've never come across a shark movie I hate because I love, love sharks. And there's been shark movies that predate Jaws. Jaws just made it really, really popular for a while. But it got to a point where I don't even consider any of the shark movies Jaws ripoffs anymore nowadays. But like everything after, let's say, Deep Blue Sea, they're not even ripping off Jaws anymore. They're just movies about sharks because sharks are awesome. Okay, well, now let's move into post-apocalyptic. Like I said, I don't agree with this list. I rarely agree with anything io9 ever posts, but they have the 10 stupidest and most shameless Mad Max ripoffs. You're going to have fun with this, Cecil. You ready? 1982's Battle Truck. Eh, okay, it's it's got the truck like from the end of Road Warrior, but for one thing, the two movies came out the same year and only two months apart. There's no way they shot Battle Truck and got it into theaters after seeing Road Warrior. I don't even know if that counts as a ripoff. Uh, I'm eager for this list to be really bad and say, like, Beyond Thunderdome. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, well, that right there just goes to show that they didn't even attempt to do their homework. They just looked up a couple of movies that were similar and were like, oh, well, this has the truck like in, you know, in Road Warrior. So it's obviously a ripoff. And eh, no, there, it's no possible way. It's just that's just a coincidence. Why haven't I seen a movie called Battle Truck? Because that sounds like something I would enjoy the hell out of. It's Corman, too. It's a truck that does battle. I mean, fuck. You it's, can't it's, go wrong. And like I just said, it's Corman as well. Yeah. It's I, wonderful. Yeah, it, it sounds it. Just from the title. Well, and then we've got 1990 Bronx Warriors. Again, it's post-apocalyptic and the, it's done in the same style. Not a Mad Max Road Warrior ripoff. I also like the fact that they call them Mad Max ripoffs when it's like, you guys do realize Mad Max and the Road Warrior were vastly different films, right? And that Mad Max was a sequel. Road Warrior well, no. was a sequel. Road, oh, yeah, Road, Road Warrior, Warrior was, was the, the sequel. sequel. <laughs> yeah, the Mad Re- Max was the first. Uh, I get the two confused. Again, it's like that's not a case of ripping off the Road Warrior. That's a case of just that particular style. It was cheap for these Italian filmmakers to make these post-apocalyptic films because you took a desolated area a lot of times you had a lot of desert area where you could shoot at or you could take some rundown towns get some people and dress them up in leather and whips and chains and put a little makeup on them and 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 say it's you know call it new york say it's a destroyed landscape and just kind of have fun with it and they could take these movies and and make these badass little post-apocalyptic films because it was it was cheap and easy to make and and they sold really well and so yeah that's just a case of them following a popular trend at the time there was the original Mad Max, it, it was it was a success, but it wasn't really until The Road Warrior that kind of took off in the U.S., and then they were just kind of following that and going along with it. So I'm, I have a feeling they probably have a lot of 2019 2019 there. is actually next on the list. 2019 after the fall of New York, of which course. is actually, is that the one that's basically Children of Men? Yeah, that one is pretty much Children of Men. So but Children done of Men ripped that one off, but done in 1983. I mean, so much so that um, I did an episode on it uh, where there's the the painting from 2019 in the one boss's office. And then in Children of Men, the same exact painting is in the boss's office. So it's like, all right, they they at the very least were in- took heavy influence from this film. Is 2020 Texas Gladiators on this list? Next would be Warriors of the Apocalypse, 1985. That one, it's Filipino, so for once we're laying off the Italians. I don't remember that one. Either of that, you guys know Warriors of the Apocalypse from 85 from the Philippines? That is a shameless Warriors of the Wasteland ripoff. Then we have Charles Band's Metal Storm, The Destruction of Jared's Sin. Again, stylistically, yeah, it's following Road Warrior. Plot? Nothing whatsoever the same. Does that count as a ripoff then? No, not at all. It's again, it's just the style. They're going with the look and the feel of it. And it's no more a ripoff than the other ones that kind of came that had that similar style. I mean, that had a lot more like science fiction elements into it, kind of like Space Hunter. Space Hunter was. Yeah. And Space Hunter had a lot of Road Warrior influence as well. It's sounding to me like this list was made by somebody that Googled post-apocalyptic movies and said, they're all Mad Max ripoffs. This is io9. io9 tends that they're cool movie nerds without actually knowing their ass from anything. 
That's the problem with io9. But again, they just like Watch Mojo, they get millions of hits and they are so full of shit. Well, they're part of the Gawker network. And, and then we've got, I know you've seen this one, Cecil, Steel Dawn. Oh, hell yeah, with Patrick Swayze? Yeah, Patrick Swayze with a mullet beheading dudes in a post-apocalyptic desert. Yeah, I mean, that is more, that's more just the the loner. Uh, I mean, that has a lot more in common with, like, Westerns, because he comes to this town. Yeah, and it, it's actually a Western story with road warrior aesthetics. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. I mean, for lack of a better description, or I would say, you know, a Western story with post-apocalyptic aesthetics. So, Alex, have you seen Steel Dawn with a mulleted Patrick Swayze beheading dudes with swords? Yeah, it's an awesome movie. You're right, it's a Western. It happens to be in the post-apocalypse, but, you know, Mad Max made post-apocalyptic popular. Well, The Road Warrior, more so, made it popular. So this is just movies that happen to be in the same genre. Rip-offs because they happen to be the same genre. What I want to see is one of these lists that says a boy and his dog from 75 is a ripoff of Road Warrior, since George Miller specifically said that's where he got his inspiration for Road Warrior was from 75, 1975's A Boy and His Dog. I wouldn't put it past them, though. Th- then you've got one that – this one I missed completely. A Man Called Rage, 1984. I can't speak on this one. I've never even heard of A Man Called Rage. But, but that title, I kind of want to see that because that's a pretty good title, actually. That's got me too. I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not familiar with it. We're talking about Richard Harris and the Indians. I know. I haven't heard of this movie either. Do they have a Hard Knuckle on there? Nope. Hard. You know. Have you ever seen Hard Knuckle? No, I've seen Hands of Steel with uh, Taco Kurik. Yes, that one's that one's badass. That's a lot of. There's more Terminator in that one. But uh, Hard Knuckle is a post-apocalyptic movie where uh, you settle your bets playing pool. Hands of Steel. You you settle your you settle your debts by arm wrestling. Is that, arm wrestling that, is that less ridiculous? A, over a cobra. Yeah. <laughs> Hands of Steel is awesome. And George Eastman. We got another Filipino one, Equalizer 2000 from 1986. Equalizer 2000 was a little more, um, again, science fiction-y stuff. Like there was a lot more uh, military it fell more similar to like battle truck and stuff. So again, they're just, I, like Alex said, I think they just, they Googled post-apocalyptic movies and looked at pictures of them and said, this was all stolen. I haven't seen the movie, but the title just alone sounds like it'd be full of robots more than dudes on motorcycles. Well, and and then you've got the last real entry on their list. I would really be surprised if anyone at io9 has actually seen Bruno Mattai's Rats Knights of Terror from 84. <laughs> yes, that's on the list, Alex. Are you kidding me? No, that's on this list. Come on. It's like saying Willard is the worst Citizen Kane ripoff. <laughs> I mean, it is in a post-apocalyptic setting, and they're all dirty, so I guess Mad Max ripoff. Rats. And, and then they totally cheated with number 10. Everything else. Remember, they keep calling it Mad Max. After Mad Max is a ripoff of Mad Max. And they just to show their ignorance, they really do mean Road Warrior. Uh, that's just that's yeah, ridiculous. IO9 is ridiculous. One of the reasons I used IO9 is they kind of exemplify what the problem is with ripoff exploitation. You've you've got anything that's even remotely similar that to the mainstream version is a ripoff. 
and I, I don't really ascribe to that. And you guys know me when it comes to plagiarism and all that. I see the difference between plagiarism and rip-off exploitation. Do you think that your average person, not a film geek like us, or even probably someone that listens to Radio Drone because those tend to be film geeks, do you think your average person would notice that like all of the movies we listed from this io9 idiot article really are not ripoffs of mad max as they keep calling it or do you think that the mainstream audience is a little more discerning in the age of the internet i would hope the audience is more discerning fuck i mean this is they really don't know what a ripoff is when they made this list that io9 list is really bugging you isn't it yeah I think that it's it's ridiculous. I think that the general public, unfortunately, is going to believe something like this more because, uh, you know, it's it's a very popular website. And I'm sure if, I haven't gone there yet to look at the, the thing, but I'm sure if you read the comments, there's going to be a bunch of people that are just, you know, uh, oh, yeah, you know, this is totally, uh, you know, right. You, you know, made, um, Road Warrior inspired all of these things and they ripped them off, you know, so because I've seen so many of these lists where people just agree. And I think that it kind of exacerbates the situation. You take one thing and then people automatically just assume that it's so because a very popular website said so. What about the not really sequel sequels? And I don't mean the official ones like Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 and 5 and things like that. I mean like Bruno Matai's Terminator 2 or Evil Dead 4. There's a Japanese movie called Evil Dead 4, or we've got the Italian Jaws 5, is what about the unofficial sequels? Where does that fall in rip-off exploitation? Well, thankfully, you don't get too many of those anymore. I mean, that's it. No, that, that, that was a late 70s, early 80s thing, really. In general, it's a rip-off. They're cashing in off the hype of the first one, but not just going with the genres, because we, we don't have anything original, so we're just going to use the whole title. We can't be witty. We're, we're just going to totally rip it off. That is something, I mean, that is pretty much almost entirely exclusive to, like, foreign cinema, uh, where you've got, you know, the the Italian low-budget directors that are ripping off uh, the big-budget Bruno American Matai's films. Terminator 2 is, Bruno Matai's Terminator 2 is more commonly known as Shocking Dark. And outside of video box scans, every print of that I've ever seen is called Shocking Dark. It, it's, like I said, I, I kind of... It's such a weird gray area because the movies are made for no for next to no money and they don't have any real impact on the box office receipts. I mean, if you think that Bruno Matai's Terminator 2 slash Shocking Dark negatively impeded the box office receipts of James Cameron's Terminator 2, you're you're nuts. So it's one of those things where I'm willing to kind of give it a pass because it's something where, yes, they are trying to blatantly rip off and get get a little bit of the taste of the success of the original ones. Eh, it, it's it, it's I don't know. Like I said, it's just a weird thing. I'm going to say there's some of those sequels that I'm like, why did they even try to cash in off making a sequel to this? Like Patrick Lives being a sequel to Patrick. Yeah, that that, mm-hmm. that honestly was a bizarre one. Well, and then before we go, I also want to bring up as a kid, one of my favorite ripoff exploitation genres was the Gremlins ripoff. You had Ghoulies and you had Munchies, and I loved the I loved the Gremlins knockoffs the most when I was a kid. So we just can't ignore those, right? I loved Ghoulies. I actually like Ghoulies too better, honestly. 
I thought that was the best film in that franchise. Oh, Ghoulies were great. They were they were a lot of fun. If people want to rip off Cecil T, where can they do it? They can rip me off at uh, goodbadflicks.com as well as the newly revamped geekjuicemedia.com. You heard it, people. He said you could rip them off. Alex, where can people rip you off? They can't, but they can get inspiration at geekjuicemedia.com. Good cover. And you can find me at 1201beyond.com as well as geekjuicemedia.com and contact the show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. Damn ripoff artists. Is she really going out with him? Beyond production. Visit 1201beyond.com for more great shows.